Welcome to the Developer Spotlight on the Full Dive Gaming Podcast. In the Developer Spotlight, we sit down with VR industry professionals. This week, Jay and Lipnox are sitting down with Ben Utram, developer of Squingle VR. Ben, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited. We've had more developers on lately. And of course, while we're saying thank you, we got to thank our sponsor, Asterian Products. They make awesome VR and AR headset accessories and also even a VR mat. If you need something that keeps you in your place, check them out on Amazon. Full Dive 10, all one word, will get you an extra 10% off. Well, we are excited to have you here. For people out there who haven't heard of it, Squingle is a puzzle game. It's currently on Quest 2's App Lab, and it's got really high ratings and reviews. Ben, will you tell us a little bit about Squingle for someone who's never heard of it? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a psychedelic uh, VR puzzle game, essentially, where you have to uh, you have to guide rotating orbs through increasingly complex puzzles and mazes, all with a sort of like very relaxing kind of electronic soundtrack and with very trippy intestinal kind of cos people call it kind of cosmic intestines uh kind of visual so the visual uh part of it is a very big part of the experience it's kind of quite audio visual kind of experience as well as a puzzle game yeah uh you know, Lip Knox, you actually reviewed this quite a while back, uh, and we kind of talked about, you know, what I saw versus what you saw, and it sounds like there's been some updates and some changes. Lip Knox, do you want to tell us real quick, like back when you tried it, what was the game like? Uh, so when I played it, I remember it was, I, I don't know if these other modes were in there and I just didn't check them out, but I remember doing each set of like waves where it was like you had your, I think it was like 10 or 20 puzzles that got progressively harder and then you got to like the next set of things and uh i remember it being one of those kinds of games that you could just stand in vr walk around your play space and just look at this puzzle from all these different directions and you had to sort of get along the trail and hit certain points and then get out and i remember getting you know progressively challenging really really fast and i don't remember i remember you mentioning that there's been some zen mode that i don't think i checked that mode out at all but I'm, when i played it i remember playing the standard mode and going through the puzzles and i really like that and honestly the visuals on quest 2 definitely top notch yeah i mean there's, there's quite a lot of different ways to play squingle i guess you know you can go through the it presents you with these sort of puzzles in succession so you know the first one's like really simple you just have to guide like a bit like one of those sort of wire games you know where you have to sort of you don't want to touch the edges but then in this case you've got like a puzzle where you've got a ball and it's inside a tube so you don't want to hit the edges of the tube and uh, the first one's just you know really simple just shows you kind of the mechanic but then it gets more and more complicated and you start getting these balls which are rotating so they need to go you know sometimes you'll get parts of the puzzle which are like Hel helical structures like DNA or you know certain curves so you have to the balls have to be rotating around in the right direction in order to you know access those parts of the puzzle and then there are some orbs that you know change the rotation so that you need to sort of figure out okay I need to get to this part of the puzzle and then to this and then to get to the to get to the goal and then there are sometimes there are sort of like enemies and things so you have to kind of your timing is very important and you know so there's different kind of puzzle elements that are introduced through the game and one one game that's been compared to a lot is um there's a game called kuro kuro in on the game boy advance like ages ago i don't know if you guys remember that one but you had to like guide a spinning bar through a two-dimensional maze so the gameplay is a little bit similar to that 
uh, that game. But obviously now it's in VR and you've got much more control and it's in 3D and it's very trippy, psychedelic visuals as well. Yeah, I actually have had a yeah. game on PlayStation 1 that uh, that has that similar kind of like avoid the edges and they mix it up with all these different things too. But I haven't, I haven't played that one in a long time. I got that on disc somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> old school well how long now has it been on app lab so uh it hit it hit app lab on uh, july last year and it's also on steam vr so yeah it's been out like almost a year now on app lab it's also it came out also on the the htc vive flow back in october when that came out so they kind of approached me to like put it on there because they wanted content for their for the htc vive flow and then now i'm working to put it on a couple of new platforms I don't think I can really say what they are at the moment. Oh, unfortunately, but but I know you know. So it's basically it's going on more and more more platforms, which is really exciting. Like some of the major hardware platforms. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, yeah, and so, it's on Steam too, yeah, right? It's on Steam. So you know, pretty much, yeah. if you've got a VR headset, you should be able to like access Squingle wherever you are. Yeah. So am I, am I allowed to guess what the headset is that you're not allowed to say? You can guess, but I'll have to just give a poker face. Like, <laughs> that's so I, so I, so I would guess, I would guess Apple's, if, if, if Apple's doing this uh, this new headset, I would say Squingle would be a perfect title for an Apple headset. But moving on, uh, one thing we've definitely had a lot of is developers who have sort of mentioned their struggle with getting onto the Oculus store from App Lab. And how do you feel about that whole process? And, you know, you've worked with so many other different platforms. How does that process compare to those platforms you've tried to get things pro- put out on? Yeah, I mean, other platforms, like there's a lot of companies out there trying to develop their platforms and get content so they're like throwing money at developers right now to like port games to their platforms which is really kept squingle afloat to be honest um which is great obviously i'd love to be on the oculus quest uh, official store and you know it's always a bit of a mystery as to how to get on there but like back in uh, earlier this year there was a the london's games festival and there was a someone representative from oculus who was there and they were taking like 30 minutes sort of pitch sessions with developers, mainly to give feedback on, you know, UI and games and game mechanics and things like that. But I kind of went in full guns blazing, made sure I had like three quests that were all charged. So I had redundancy and had my iPad with the present slick presentation and went and gave a real good pitch. And she really, she was really impressed with it. And then she was like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll pitch this internally to the Oculus. And so it did go in front of like a committee and they had you know, gave it a good run for its money and they gave a lot of really good feedback. But in the end, they just thought it's not really appropriate for their uh, for their store. So, you know, like, obviously I wasn't very happy with that. But uh, <laughs> I think, you know, I think when you look at the store, there's a lot of like, I think games like Squingle, it's quite, it's an indie game. It's very niche, kind of very niche art style, very niche gameplay. It's like really the intersection of kind of psychedelics and virtual reality which doesn't really represent a huge portion of um, Oculus's, you know, there, there's a lot of young people on it, like teenagers, people wanting like shooting games and things like that. So I think that maybe it just doesn't really fit in with a niche. Having said that, you know, it's got, uh, I believe this is still the case, but it's got the highest user rating, um, average user rating of any any game on the entire Quest ecosystem, like in, including App Lab and main store so you know the people that do 
buy into it and play it they they do really love it so you know i hope that goes down to some extent and i think with the n- new oculus um you know that's rumored to come out in in october it's going to have like you know new features which i hope squingle might be able to take advantage of where other games can't to some extent so you know i think it's i think that squingle's still got some juice ahead of it maybe for for oculus but i don't know you know so, so we got some squingle color pass through that would be perhaps. cool wouldn't it yeah yeah that would be awesome yeah, yeah i'd, I'd that love that that'd be sweet yeah yeah yeah, I think that would add a whole nother layer if you could, you know, have the puzzle in your room and you're just moving around your actual room, because especially for the room yeah. scale mode that you had. Now, now, you even mentioned here back on the Game Boy Advance or the PS1, there's been other games that kind of follow this. Like you, it's a puzzle game that you move objects through an environment. But something that kind of set yours apart, I felt like, was there was a little bit of a a story that's unfolding as you go through, but it's very kind of Zen or philosophical. Like it's not very clear, you know, it's not cut and dry. Oh, this is happening. This is happening. It brings up a lot of questions. Where did the inspiration for the plot line come from? Yeah. I mean, Squingle's kind of a, a big culmination of lots of different interests and parts of my life. Really. It's like very much a self-actualization project of myself rather than, you know, so like I were, became very interested in, in Buddhism and meditation back when I was at you know university. And then I went to, after uni, I went to India for like six months and my mate convinced me to go on this like silent retreat where, you know, it was like a crash course in Buddhist philosophy and meditation. And it was just, you know, blew my okay. mind and like then got really much more involved with it back in the UK when I came back. And, you know, so a, there's a lot, there's an awful lot of Buddhist philosophy in there. But then there's also quite a lot of just sort of playful kind of uh, playfulness, which is comes more from sort of like psychedelia, I guess. Like, so, you know, when I was, uh, <laughs> I was quite into that sort of thing when I was, especially when I was younger and teen, like a teenager, sort of come from the countryside and there's not really much to do around here. So you go on the hills and <laughs> go far away and things like, so yeah, like there's obviously a lot of influence from that direction, you know? Okay very interested in very sort of trippy visuals in in lots of different art interested in music visualizers i used to do a lot of music visualizers and a couple of vr ones as well so you can check those out and you know if you're interested in other work i've done and 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 things like liquid crystals and physics a lot of the inspiration from the the you know the art style and stuff comes from from physics you know i did physics as my undergrad and did a, a phd in liquid crystal display engineering which is was all about looking down on microscopes at these beautiful iridescent trippy materials um which have loads of colors and flowing patterns and you know, some of that has been lifted and directly into the into the game so so okay. yeah the story that that uh, the goddess character swingle or whatever her name might be yeah, she says some pretty trippy stuff <laughs> through the game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it gets you thinking. Well, she she definitely has that Buddhism kind of vibe to her herself. And it's funny you mentioned the music visualizers thing, because I got to be honest, when I was younger, I was totally addicted to music visualizers, trying to get online and get special ones. I remember there was one called Project M, and then it just eventually just got incorporated right into Microsoft. But the visualizers is definitely, definitely a thing you notice with this game. Uh, but moving on from that, uh, you mentioned the, the Vive Flow port, which honestly, I was really excited about the Vive Flow. But the mm. one thing that was sort of iffy for me about the Vive Flow was it doesn't really have traditional controllers. You sort of use your phone or something to control things. Mm. Uh, did you find success with that platform? And what kind of issues did you have trying to get the controls to work? I mean, 
I would say a lot of issues and no, no success. <laughs> the, um, the, the, like they, they paid me a boarding fee, which basically covered, you know, my time and, you know, a bit of a tip and a bit of pocket money kind of thing to actually port it. And it was quite an interesting experience dealing with it. I was pr- like, when they first pitched this, this, this hardware to me and then they were like i was like oh yeah the form factor is great and then they said oh you know it doesn't have six degree of freedom controllers it's you control it with a phone and i was just like I, I i even like i don't know if i can i, I can probably say this i i even i sent them an email and i said like guys like don't release this right now like make get some six degree of freedom controllers like engineer those things and then release it because this thing's dead in the water if you release it with just a three degree of freedom controller like there's just no there's just no point and i think that that's probably you know come to pass i had to do quite a lot to change the controls squiggles fundamentally a six degree of freedom game because you're like you know you've got these 3d puzzles guiding it and that's that's the joy of it you know that's the whole point of squiggles like you, you know and, and the design and you know we can talk more about that but so yeah making it into a sort of point and drag kind of experience I think it degraded the experience a lot. I mean, it's still fun, but it's definitely a different game on the Vive Flow. And to be honest, it's not a game that many people are playing on the Vive Flow. So I don't think. <laughs> but yeah, is, I, I is anyone actually playing Vive Flow? Is that that's that'd yeah. be a good question. <laughs> I wondered that. I don't know. It could could be the most successful game on the platform. I, I, to be honest, <laughs> I haven't I haven't actually checked sales for Squingle on the Vive Flow for Yonks. So I don't I don't actually know. <laughs> you, you haven't gotten a big check in the mail lately. No. <laughs> no, no, no. It hasn't bought my house yet, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because we were talking about the controls. And when I first got into it, I noticed that there was a choice where you either controlled the ball by grabbing with your grip button or by grabbing with your trigger to start. You could split it up kind of how you controlled. But the default option I felt like was kind of the unusual option. It was using the same button for both. Why was this just in case you ported it to PSVR? What was the choice there that led you to having the control style be kind of out of the norm of normal VR games, so I would you mean, say? You mean, I guess there's two main things, right? There's the grabbing the ball and moving it, which you use the the trigger right and then you mean moving the moving the moving the puzzle right you can just grab space and rotate mm-hmm. and move, you move the, the world yeah 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 so like initially i you know the default was to use the grips right to uh to move the puzzle around and then use the index finger to grab the ball and move that but i found like you know just it was it it was an extra layer of 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 ex- explanation i had to give people when i sh- when i did it and showed them and I was really like been massively influenced by um, by Thomas, who made Cubism. I, I don't know if you played Cubism, but if you haven't, go and play that game. It's a really, really good puzzle game of a similar kind of scope to Squingle, like three D puzzle game. It's all about the space in front of you. And like he he in, he wrote a blog about it and and it, it, all the design decisions and stuff. And like he had loads of complex controls, mapping different things to different buttons and stuff. But like. You know, when it comes to, to like explaining that to people, it's really hard and it's quite hard to learn a new mechanism. So you want to keep it as simple as possible. So I just went one button, one button moves everything, one button interacts with everything. And because they use it different times, it doesn't really matter. But then people that want that choice, you know, if they want to use the grip buttons, then they can go in the options and toggle that. So that's the that's the logic. And I found, you know, it's, it's it, when you give it to people and you start doing user testing, it's just becomes so obvious that, yeah, that was the right decision. Just 
be really simple, simple with the controls. Nice. Yeah, VR definitely needs options. And I felt like the controls did work really, really well. Once you understood that you could like move the puzzle around with the ball around, you could really get creative on how you tried to solve the puzzles. Uh, that being said, you know, games that don't really let you do that kinds of stuff, but are still sort of puzzle games like Tetris Effect or like Res Infinite. Have you found yourself being compared to those kinds of games? And what kind of comparisons do you really see between those? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. I love that question because, so like, I was, I was actually living in Japan for four years. And then during that time, like first started learning Japanese full time for a year there and then joined this media lab, which just happened to, I didn't know at the time, but I joined it because they would do really cool stuff with VR and like trippy technologies, haptics, eye tracking, motion tracking, loads of cool stuff that I was interested in. But a guy who was an honorary professor there who, who gave lecture courses and stuff was Miz, uh, Tetsuya Mizuguchi, right? Who is the um, founder of Enhanced Games that, and and basically he was the brains and uh, creative director of, of uh, like Res Infinite, Tetris Effect, and other games like Space Channel 5 and Lumens and some some of my favorite games. Massive, and Res, like, I got that when I was 14, like played it to death, played it under the influence of every single state of mind you could possibly play it and just had, to, I just love that game. It's like a, you can space out to it. It's like an, more like an experience than a, than a game almost. Although I did get very into the gameplay and competitiveness of it. So I was actually able to work with Tetsuya Mizuguchi or, and his team. They were creating this full body haptic vibration suit at the time and then worked on a piece called Crystal Vise, which is like that synesthesia kind of, music visualizer i spoke to you about you can still play like it was came out in 2016 or whatever we took it to sundance film festival but you can still play that on download it on on steam it's like a dollar or something but obviously not with the the vibration suit um nice cat <laughs> she was on my lap this whole time <laughs> does she always come into the podcast <laughs> yeah so so yeah i mean yeah massive influence res res infinite like i love that game and it, any comparison to tetris effect or res infinite or like when when Scringle first came out, there was an Italian VR Italia did their fir- the first review and they gave it like ninety one percent. They loved Squingle. He was like, "This is the best thing since um, Res," and compared it to Thumper as well, and and all of these games. And I was like, really, obviously elated to to read that. So I love those comparisons and, and those games. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Yeah, you bring up 91%. I've got to say, it used to be that with reviews, people always said, oh, the only people who go write reviews are people who have something to complain about. But with your game, I went and I looked and it's like every review. It's like five stars. I love this game. Just raving reviews. So of all this time and your engagement in the community, what is it about this game do you think that people have told you or that you've seen that makes people want to support it in such a big way like that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, the thing is, is it, it's definitely not everyone's cup of tea. Like some people really just don't don't get it, and and that's fine. But but the people that have bought it seems to be the people who who get it and see it. And I think people that are seeking those more like esoteric, psychedelic, you know, Buddhist themed, trippy experiences. And there is a very niche, hardcore group of people that really love that you know and i mean squingles come out of a lot of loads of like there's been loads of failed prototypes of things i've tried that just you know sounded like good ideas but you know it didn't really work out and then this is the first one where you know the prototype people couldn't put it down people were like playing it and really enjoyed it and so i thought well i'm onto something here and so 
that's kind of what meant that made me develop it out into a proper, you know, a proper product and a proper business and a proper game. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of considerations. You know, I was working in VR and academia for two years. And so I was reading loads of papers about what makes a good VR interaction, user interaction, you know, of how to avoid simulator sickness, how to make the most of the affordances of VR, right? So Squingle really, like the visuals and the gameplay and the interaction, they've thought about this very carefully, right? So, you know, all the action is taking place within like a meter space in front of you, which is where you get the greatest sense of 3D because of the stereoscopic nature of your eyes, right? Anything that's too far away, we 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 have different depth cues, but we don't use our tri like stereoscopic triangulation as a depth cue. So the closer something is, the more it sort of gives you that sense of like three D. You're dealing with dealing with something VR, you know. And then there's also you know we did a lot of research into haptics with the haptic suit with Mizuguchi and the and the the Res Infinite and everything with the the haptic suit. So we in investigated how haptics can be used. So wrote and wrote a paper about that. And so, you know, Squingle takes very care about its haptic design. The haptics is used as a metaphor for touch. So you, you feel this. And, and not only do you feel the vibration when you touch the edge, but the, the whole puzzle is like squidges out like sort of intestines, you know, so it's like feels very tactile. You get this visual feedback that combines with the haptic feedback and almost gives you a sense of force because even though there is no force, you know, the haptics is like a, an AC vibration. But there's a DC component feel like psychological because of the visual, the way it stretches. And you get this very careful haptic design that I think people haven't really experienced to the full extent in other in other games. And then the other aspect of it is that it's very everything's iridescent, right? So iridescence is the property of looking different colours from different angles. So like beetles, you know, you or soap bubbles, you get that shimmery or opal, like you get that shimmery effect that's very um, beautiful, but it's very beautiful specifically when it's close up to you because you get again your different eyes see different colors and Squingle, every literally everything's iridescent, like I basically built those shaders, and so it's it's an, a unique and unusual experience for people. Imagine a whole world made of iridescent beetles, like everything is iridescent. That's kind of what Squingle is, right? Everything's this trippy iridescent like thing, and it responds to your movement as well. So as you track through. The, the balls, like the colours move with you. And, and so there's, the, you know, a, a lot of thoughts gone into that. So I think that's partly why people are, uh, people enjoy it. But obviously I'm kind of tooting my own pipe there a bit. <laughs> I noticed that on the store page, there's a screenshot that kind of looks like it supports hand tracking. And I know that in the options, I, I couldn't find that yeah. being a feature anywhere. I played Trippy Fingers back in the day. And oh, yeah. Trippy Fingers was one of the first side quest games are reviewed that had hand tracking and it was cool to just sort of mess around with the things with your hands have you thought of adding hand tracking to squingle at all yeah hand tracking is like amazing you know it's, it's like one of the most it's really profound and you you talk about trippy fingers that was that was a yeah i mean that was it was a really small demo it took very little time but it was just a tech demo it used like some of the sound visualization like algorithm that i made that converts sound waves into into light waves and color and then combines it with you know the fingers so that you can have confetti and dance around it's quite a lot of fun to just even though it was very simple you know to play around with that yeah with Squingle, I've, I've thought about it but i think a big really important part of it is that haptic feedback that you get when you touch the edge it's a really critical feedback to, to for the gameplay so to play the game successfully without if you turn the haptics all the way to zero which you can do if you like in the options 
it makes the game harder to play because you can't feel what you're doing. It'd be like trying to, I don't know, cook a dinner without being able to, like with oven mitts on or something, you can't feel what you're doing. So yeah, I decided, you know, because hand tracking, you can't get that practic feedback, at least not yet. There's no, the technology is not lot there, then I decided to kind of leave it out. But it's something, you know, maybe it's something that could be, could be used um, in the future, but but I don't have plans to do it because just because I think the also the precision of tracking is really important in Squingle, especially as you start doing like speed running. You know, there's a speed run timer in there now, so you can like got to be very accurate with the tracking, and the hand tracking just isn't quite accurate enough to really get that precision down. So that's the reasons. Yeah, precision and haptics is those two very important things for Squingle. Yeah, I, th- I think that makes sense. Yeah, with how precise you have to be like, once the two balls split, and you have like a path that you have to move them through. I wish hand tracking was good enough at this point. But I think it's just not quite there yet. We talked about how people compared it to like Res Infinite and Tetris Effect. And I noticed there was some musical elements, you'd hit certain blocks inside the digestive tract, and it would add a little musical note. But I kept thinking like, it kind of felt like if it had a whole soundtrack like Res or something that really worked with the levels, it would kind of add more to the game. Was there a, a reason you kind of kept the music as part of the background or is there plans to bring music back into the game? Yeah, so I mean, so I think the, the music, uh, I think is one of the one of the one very successful things about the game. Um, this guy called Kai Jones who did it, who I've just met at like a game jam or something, you know? And he was just out of uni, so he basically did it for very little money, which is good because the budget of Squingle was pretty small. And, you know, it's kind of layered. So the first five levels you do is just like this ambient track, which just introduced. And then suddenly it brings in like some drum and the next five levels. And then the next five levels, it brings in like, you know, the, 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 the tune or whatever, and then brings in the bass or so it's kind of layered. So as you progress, the, the sound layers and gets more complicated. Um, and then it, when you get into the next sort of set of levels, then it's a whole new track and it starts again with ambient and sort of develops in, in kind of tune with the storyline of the game, which is, you know, one of development, creation, cosmic evolution, life, love, transcendence at the end, you know, this ultimate culmination of the potential of, of being in the universe and everything so the kind of music is kind of designed to kind of follow that feeling but yeah kai jones and, and i think the sound effects work quite well uh, with the music and how it all sort of times into it but ultimately it's not like a music game and like i think res is much more designed so that you know everything you do is in time to the music and it creates the music you know so it's a bit more like an instrument almost so that's not so much the focus of squingle but i have thought about maybe bringing in more sound kind of like sound visualization elements to it working on the sound a bit more doing doing some more work with kai because he's he's developed his skills a lot more as well but i think maybe it's going to be in the next project you know i'm going to do something much more full-blown with sound visualization hand tracking pass through more like um, multi-user experience i've got a few ideas on on maybe to integrate some of those those trippy features and thing, interesting things, concepts for the next project. So that being said, uh, for people who haven't heard of Squingle at all, what do you want to make sure that they know about the game? I think that it's a great game. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's a great game to show people because it's, you know, the visuals are very trippy. It's pretty intuitive to get the hang of. And yeah. It's oh, available here. on tons of platforms, I guess. So you can pretty much guarantee 
Almost every headset can play it. Yeah, indeed, yeah. As long as you know how to find App Lab games, that sometimes is the struggle for anything on App Lab is you have to get through a few layers sometimes to find it. But, well, this is where, uh, unfortunately, my controversial opinion is going to kind of land in here. So I'm someone who typically really enjoys puzzle games and even musical games. But when people have compared it to Res Infinite and Tetris Effect, those were both two games that I kind of felt like when I got in them were a little overrated. And I hate to say that when I got in Swingle, I just didn't really, it didn't resonate with me. I felt like I didn't really get it. And I was asking myself the whole time, was there something I missed? And maybe I'm just too unenlightened to truly enjoy this type of game. Or maybe it's because I've been in VR for so many years. You know, I feel like this is a great experience. If I was putting someone in VR for the first time who liked trippy stuff, this would probably be the go-to game because it's very gentle on someone. It lets them learn as they go. It doesn't push VR on them too hard too early. But for me personally, I just didn't get a lot out of the experience. Is there something that maybe if I go back and I try a different mode or something, maybe I can get more out of it? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm going to stop crying right now, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what have you done? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I think Res, Res, Res when it came out, is quite polarizing, right? I think a lot of people loved it. Some people, you know, it, it didn't necessarily get reviewed that highly. I think, I'm not sure what it got in, in Edge. I was reading Edge magazine a lot of the time. But, you know, I think it also didn't get bought that much at the beginning. I think that, you know, when you read interviews with Mizuguchi at the time, he was quite disappointed in how it didn't seem to be much of a commercial success at the time and you know people didn't maybe some people didn't really get it it's become having said that you know i absolutely loved it and there was definitely a hardcore cult following of people that really got it and understood the point of it maybe you know maybe it's the people that have opened their third eye or something you know the people that like <laughs> get really stoned or something you know <laughs> it definitely goes with that territory you know to some extent i think although yeah so you know it's definitely a style of a game you know so if you're into um if you're more you know if you're into shooting like vr is great for shooting games and great for um beat save and music games so if you're into those games that's great and but you know i think it's important to have a diverse set of different types of experience well, they, yeah. the haptic part is such a big part of Res Infinite because I remember they released an accessory for the Dreamcast that let you have a little like extra vibration. And then when they released yeah, yeah. the game later on for Xbox Live Arcade, you could use secondary controllers to like put them on your lap to get the extra vibration and that whole haptic feedback. Yeah. Suddenly it's clicking to me how much that really meant to you making Swingle. Yeah, I mean, I was I was super impressed. Like, I was so happy when when like I got to play Res the Res Infinite and the VR version on the PSVR before it came out because I was in the lab where they were they're doing it. So I had like a cheeky play on it <laughs> before it uh, before it came out. And I, I was super excited to get that when it came out on Steam. And you know, I still play it like every so often. Complete go through the game. I've been going through the like endless mode or whatever. So you just go through and then you unlock new color versions of the game just i mean it's it's a short game it's very repetitive but it's like a it's an experience it's a meditation it's a it's a way of, of being it's a way of chilling out and i definitely wanted that same experience in in squingle it, it's a place that you occupy that you can go you can withdraw you can and it's slightly intellectual you have to think a little bit but it and it, it it's embodied yeah there's a lot of topology in there it's like juggling it's a bit like a flow toy you know I'm a big juggler and I really enjoy juggling. And when you juggle, you just get into this zone and you, you, you know, it's creative, it's skillful 
and it's something you 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 enjoy a bit like an in, a musical instrument or something but much more it's physical and you're playing with physics and you're playing with matter you're playing with the universe and you're playing with with topology and squingle embodies a lot of that that kind of feeling so you know if you go into it maybe with that kind of mindset then you might find you know you might revisit it and and if that fails, just take some acid or something and then play it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did go in completely sober. I even thought during it, I was like, you know, if I'd had a couple of drinks before this, I feel like I might have come out with like this life changing experience because it yeah. does have a lot of layers like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got the whole, it's got the whole Zen thing going on. Uh, with, with that being said, though, it, it's it's definitely like a niche genre the whole puzzle and the trippy thing. Have you ever, everyone seemed to have loved it review wise and everything, but have you had any negative feedback at all on it other than Jay? <laughs> yeah. Reddit's great for, if you want negative feedback, just post something on Reddit. It's a really great place <laughs> yeah. to, uh, I think we've all learned that. We've yeah. yeah learned it's, that. A, it's a really great Regardless, place. Regardless you ask like, for the negative feedback. Yeah. Have your soul <laughs> crushed or, or just come on this podcast. In fact, now. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> yeah, like there was one guy, there's a guy, I think he always comes, whenever I post something on Reddit and he just, he's just like, I would never, I would never spend money on this, on this mini game or something like that. Or like, I mean, people say some really cruel stuff. But luckily, mm-hmm. other people downvote those comments. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've just been overwhelmed with the positive feedback. You know, if you, if you look at Swingle's Outlaw page and you read the reviews, like everyone's left, you know, a decent sized review. You can tell people really love the game. They, they people commenting on the graphics, the gameplay, the sound, the what they like about it. And it's just like people saying it's their new favorite and it's what they show their friends. And you know, like it's it's overwhelming. Yeah, like the positive mm-hmm. uh, the feedback, and then you know the media as well has been really really positive about it as well. Like every review that's uh, been put out, is, like super super happy about that. So yeah, I noticed a lot of the uh, YouTubers that I watch, other than our channels, have definitely given Squingle some really good good reviews and good feedback when it came out and yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a polished title like that's the thing a lot of the app lab titles are in alpha or unfinished Google came out and it was a done finished polished title that looked great and played great so i'm glad yeah, I mean, it, it at least got the positive i, I made this, the steam version and then i needed to i wanted to put it on the oculus app lab right and oculus quest but it's so much harder it's so like obviously you've only just got that mobile processor in there so it was like three months of full-time work just to optimize the game. Basically, we had to rewrite all the shaders, um, like re- reprocess all of the meshes, um, the character mesh, like everything. Everything had to be optimized. And then it was running at uh, you know 120 hertz on Quest. So I'm really pleased about that. There's a, there, because it's like a passion project. It's not just something I've like churned out and trying to put like profit on really quickly. You know, I've I've gone to town with, with with making quality control user testing a lot of people have played hundreds of people played squingle before it came out it had a long beta program been looking at the statistics on you know like getting analytics to see where people fail to make levels easier or harder to to get the learning curve right and you know a lot of a lot of work's gone into the polish of the game i guess so you know, I think it's paid off, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, so so much, so many things, so many things, and it also it was in there was a Steam Next Fest where where it was first shown, right? It was a sort of like I did a demo, and there there was like a hardcore group of about five or six people who were because I put a little leaderboard in there, and they were trying to finish the demo as quickly as they possibly could, but they they managed they figured out how to break the game in like loads of different ways. So you know, they could, if you do it really fast, you could jump through walls or like. 
Um, there were other kind of bugs and exploits that they discovered. And so, you know, that was really good for, for getting quality control on the game. So, you know, the final version of the game, I closed all those exploits so you can cheat, <laughs> cheat your way to victory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gamers always find the exploits. Well, there, correct me if I'm wrong, there is a demo of the game available too, isn't there? Still? Yeah, that's right. There is. Yeah, yeah. I've been toying with whether to remove, get rid of the demo. Actually, I'm not sure what you guys think about that because I think that um, it's quite hard to it's quite hard to maintain. It's like maintaining a whole other game because you have to every time mm. you update, you know, you need to keep it. And we changed the artwork a bit, so I need to update the demo as well. And you know, like uh, there's also a worry that people people play the demo and they get a lot of value out mm. of it. You know, the art style and the things, and then you know, then then uh, they don't play the rest of the game, which I think is sad. So I don't know how good as a marketing tool having a demo out there is, but uh, but I mean, you know, I like the idea of more people playing. I, I think I think demos can be good and definitely demos can be bad. And I think that for this kind of game, if you have a demo that says, okay, here's level one, but then here's level you know fifteen, and then here's level sixty to sort of show, okay, this is not simple the whole way through. It's better off. But if it's just a lot of a lot of the demos are like, here's the first five minute tutorial, and it's like, well, this this first five minute tutorial is not really representative of the actual product. So the demo in that situation is just hurting the game. Uh They're better off looking at a review Mm -hmm. and seeing the puzzles. And I think you can see your review of this game and tell if you're going to like it from that. But I mean, at the same time, the visual is like the visuals are so good that even having a simple demo to be like, this is what it looks like could be enough to be like, yeah, I want to pay for more. Mm. Yeah, I mean the the actual game on the store has like, as I say, it's got the best it's got the best average user rating of any software on the Oculus on the Quest store. But the 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 free game has got hardly any reviews, and it's got quite a bad, <laughs> it's got like pretty middling <laughs> rating. It's like three point eight or something. I don't know what it is at the moment, but um, but yeah, I mean, so it's kind of bizarre that you give something to free, free to someone and everyone like gives it a load of rubbish, <laughs> and then but then people that pay for stuff maybe they're a bit more they're, they're bought into it, so they don't want to they've got a vested interest in in thinking that what they've paid for is worthwhile or something. I don't know, but yeah, that's like another reason get- to take it off is if it's got really bad reviews and it doesn't make the whole brand look good. So just maybe keep the, keep the main game on there. It's an interesting concept because I think, and we might go down a whole other path here, so I'll, I'll keep this brief, but what may be happening is everyone who's interested tries the demo and those who realize they want it buy the game and then give the game a great review. But the demo may weed out the people who it's just not their kind of game. Mm. And so yeah, you kind of avoid thing, right? getting those negative reviews on the actual game because of someone who spent 20 bucks or i think it's 15 dollars. someone who Mm. spent that and didn't like it might give it a bad review but if they had the demo to try first it kept them from ever buying the game if it wasn't their type of game so that's a great point that's a really good point i never even thought about that Hmm. yeah i was thinking that too actually i was like i'll keep the demo (laughs) 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 yeah well i it's obvious this is a passion project hearing from you and i want to say thank you so much for coming on of course we're going to have links in the description the show notes to the demo to the actual game so if you're out there you know there's no risk if you want to try the demo and see if this is for you because obviously by the rating it's for a lot of people a lot of people love this game and even though i may be one of the minority who didn't really click with me there's probably tons of you out there who are going to love it and really get a special experience out of it, especially maybe if you go in after a drink or two or something, you know, really get a life changing moment out of this game. But 
is, is there anything else you were hoping to mention about the game that we didn't cover here before we sign off, Ben? Yeah, I guess uh, there's some. There is some big change coming soon. So uh, okay. to Squingle. So we've already covered a couple of things which may allude or may not allude to some of the things coming. But um, yeah, we're going to be at EGX, uh, which is a big games conference in a massive conference center in London uh, in September, and we're going to be showcasing some new 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 stuff there. So. Um, yeah, like, you know, we're still looking for, uh, if anyone's interested in covering the super cool exclusive new feature and interested in covering it and like, that'd be, that'd be great. But, uh, but yeah, keep your eyes open. There's going to be a big change. And, you know, when the new Quest uh, Pro comes out, I'm definitely going to start doing some stuff with that. So keep, you know, watch this space. Squingle is not finished in its development yet. It's still, still growing. So, uh, so yeah, keep an eye well, that's all sounds really, really amazing. And, you know, I had fun playing Squingle. And I also want to say, you know, people should check out SideQuest for your, your developer page on SideQuest and check out some of the other things. And you got Trippy Fingers and I think you have the music visualizer or something on there, too. But uh, yeah, just huge this. thanks for stopping probably by. It was really cool things, to have yeah. you on here. And there's also on my website, there's, there's a Juggle Planet, Planet Juggle. It's like a juggling game. <laughs> it's not very oh, good, go. but it's free. You can try. <laughs> it was just a prototype. I never really got past it. It does have a campaign mode, so you you know juggle more and more balls, and you have to on the moon and stuff and try that, try that. But yeah, it's not that good. Don't get your hopes <laughs> up too much. Well, when it's free, people shouldn't complain, but apparently they do. Ben, right. people love complaining, especially when it's. Free. <laughs> <laughs> then they yeah, didn't yeah. have to pay anything to leave a complaint thank you so much this has been an absolute pleasure to have you on and a lot of fun uh, if you're out there right now and you're listening to this podcast remember you can come join our discord and you can after you've tried this you can tell us what you think about because i'd love to hear some more feedback from the community out there and if you're uh, here on youtube you can see us face face see what my cat was doing the whole podcast and <laughs> if you're if you want to take us anywhere on the go, though, we're on every audio platform for you. So I just want to say again, thank you so much, Ben, for being here. That's my pleasure. It's been fun talking to you guys. And it's great to see you again. <laughs> been awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, hey, if you're out there and you're thinking about VR, it's finally time to just dive on in. 